back to the For Where You Are podcast brought to you by Chapel Street Church. My name is Joe Scavato, and today we are in Colossians chapter 4 and the fullness of God one last time. Today I'm joined by Brian Coffey. Hi, Brian. Morning, Joe. And back on the podcast, the one coyote man. Come on. Wait, hang on. I've <laughs> missed. Is Andrew Griffiths. Hi, That's Andrew. Right. Yeah. Hello, Joe. Happy Monday. It's good to see you guys. This is the season finale of the For Where You Are podcast. In case you didn't hear, we are off for the summer, so this is it. We have to bring it. This has to be our best podcast ever, guys. Do you have like a sad sound effect for that? Do I have a sad sound effect? (laughs) That's perfect. Joe, I just want to say as we wrap up this season, been a great season. You did a great job. Make it fun to be here. And uh, enjoy some a couple of months off until we get started again. There you well, go. Thank you. It's it's always fun. We will miss it, but we will be back. I promise. Uh, and today we have a great episode. We got a lot to talk about, and a lot as we uh, close up our Colossians series that we've been in for was it nine weeks, eight weeks, something like that. Nine weeks. Nine weeks. Yesterday was part nine. And you guys were both preaching, and so why don't we talk about that, Brian? Do you want to kick us off and recap what you talked about? Sure. So Paul's wrapping up um, his letter to the Colossians, and he does so by. Uh, urging them, encouraging them to be faithful in prayer. He says, be steadfast, watchful, and thankful. We'll talk about that. And specifically, he asked them to pray for an open door uh, for the gospel, to be faithful in witness, to be wise in, in how they walk toward outsiders, to make the most of their opportunities, speak with grace, to be clear. We'll talk about that. And then to be faithful in service. Now, he doesn't say that directly, but he mentions a whole list of people by name, 11 people by name, most of whom were faithful servants of the Lord, some well-known like Mark and Luke, some lesser known like Tychicus and Epaphras, and some who struggled, uh, Demas and Archippus. And so we see in, uh, in those names, I think, a call, a challenge to ourselves to be faithful yeah. in our service uh, right where we are. So that's how he ends. There you go. Andrew, anything you want to add to that? Anything you said differently in your sermon? No, no, I uh, <clears throat> thankfully followed the master, but um, yeah, it was a great sermon, great end to Colossians, I think. This whole series has been, uh, I think we we did this back in 2019, but going through it again this year, I've really loved every minute of it, not just as a <clears throat> as a preacher, because I obviously didn't, I didn't preach the entire series, but just being a member of this church, getting to sit through this and, and remind myself of all that Colossians says and offers us in Christ, is it was great. It was yeah. really good. Yeah. So I want to talk about uh, just kind of some big picture thoughts as we, we close up this series. As you mentioned, uh, Andrew, it's been just a, a great, uh, a lot of things that, that we've learned, I think, a lot of things that we've been reminded of. Just, I'm curious for, for you guys, um, for you personally, or as you just think pastorally and, and think of those in our church, those listening to this podcast, uh, what are some takeaways? What, what do you want us to, to be reminded of? What should we take with us as we go uh, from this series? Uh, I, there's two things, one that's from the beginning and one, and one that's just from this last one, actually. Maybe it's just because it's fresh in my mind. One from the beginning is right at the beginning of this letter, he says, we, we pray for you and thank God for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ and your love for all the saints. And that is just such a good summary of so many parts of Colossians, of, of putting your faith in this incredible Christ who's over all things, holds all things together, and then loving the church and loving your community and your city and wanting to serve. Um, 
which kind of leads us into this last one, the one that, uh, that stood out to me from this last week. And again, maybe this is just because it's fresh, but I loved reading that list of names mm-hmm. and being so encouraged by how much everyone in the church mattered to Paul. Like mm. he's saying, uh, he's a list of people who are doing various different things, various levels of, of faith and, and notoriety in the church, but all of them mattered to what God was doing. Uh, and he, he includes their name in this little list. Uh, should remind us all that we all we all matter in the story of God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, I, I agree with those things, uh, especially that list at the end. It, the more I read it, the more I was glad we decided not to skip over it. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was very just so personal. But I think uh, um, <clears throat> Paul was to- it was toward the end of his life and career. He, he, this is within a few years of his death, and he had been serving and preaching um, the gospel for many, many years at this point. <clears throat> but he didn't take any of um, any of it for granted. I mean, his. I think what I take away is the the, uh, the glory, and I guess I would say magnificence of Paul's view of Jesus. That he did, he wasn't taking it for granted. It got bigger and bigger and bigger and yeah, more cool. glorious to him. And and I I, I thought I sometimes we can be so used to what we say and what we believe that we can lose some of that wonder that Paul still had at the end of his life. The other thing was uh, the security and power of knowing our identity in Christ. Which is all over the letter, mm-hmm. and then at the end, the call to be faithful, mm-hmm. right where we are in our place, our time. Like Andrew said, we are we are part of the story of God. Each one of us. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Yeah, I think similar for me. Uh, one of the things, and, and maybe I'm reading into this a little bit, but it just seemed like so many parts of this letter is just Paul, just like gushing over Jesus, just being yeah. just so like. Uh, captured mm-hmm. by the gospel and and how all these things that he calls us to, uh, which there are a lot of in this letter, but all of it is just a response of if we mm-hmm. if we really know who God is mm-hmm. uh, and what He's done, then then this should be how we are too. Of just cannot help but sharing and talking about it and being transformed by mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, what a great letter. Let's do this again in four years. Should we just every <laughs> four years idea. we do We'll tell Jeff. Um, I do want to jump into this section, and there's a lot that you guys broke down for us this past weekend. Uh, let's start with prayer, uh, where, where Paul begins this section. And there's something that, that when I read this for the first time, I didn't know what it meant. And so I was curious to see how you guys were going to teach me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you did. And so maybe help us understand, when Paul talks about being watchful in oh, our yeah, prayer yeah, life, yeah. What, does he, what does that mean? Like. Because that whenever, like I said, when I when I read it, it didn't make sense. Like I didn't know what that meant to be watchful. So how can we do that? What does that look like for us? Well, I I think it means uh, the word itself he uses watchful could be could be translated as awake or alert. Hmm. Uh, like he's and I think what he's aiming at is to 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 stay to stay alert, stay awake, pay attention, to pay attention in our prayer to what's going on around us. Uh, and the example I used was we know the Colossians were facing false teaching and pressures, mm-hmm. uh, and so he, he wants to make make he wants to make sure they are paying attention that it isn't just a rote repetition of things. It's it's paying attention to what's going around you, and paying attention to what's going with going on within us. Yeah, whether that's, that's temptation it. or whether it's discouragement or fatigue, uh, those things are parts of our prayer. So the best I've, I often have said that the the essence of spiritual life is paying attention. And that sounds easy, but it's, it takes energy and focus uh, every day to pay attention to what's yeah. happening, to what's God, what's God doing, 
what's happening in the world around us, what's happening inside us, uh, and he wants us to be watchful or alert. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Tim Keller once said that you will never see clearly what's inside of your own heart except by prayer because there's so much going on in you in every season. And so I I wish I would have something to add to what Brian just said, but he put it perfectly. Yeah, I think it's watchfulness in prayer is just uh, learning to to be with God so that you can know yourself, so that you can understand yourself and so that you can understand what's going on around you as well. I use this illustration in my sermon of uh, when I was... I was never the greatest athlete, surprise, surprise, but what? Uh, I made it onto a soccer team, and uh, but I did not enjoy it at all. I was doing it purely for the reputation points, <laughs> and I was I was put in the position of goalie, and uh, I was just never watchful. I was never aware because I was never interested in the game. Were you the kid and like I, pulling at grass and looking at clouds? Oh, 100%. Yeah, that, I just that hit checks it. Out. And so, but the day that that all changed for me is when I was brought... Uh, I was made awake was uh, this huge guy on the soccer team, a guy called John Greenwell, kicked that ball and it hit me square in the face in the goal because I was not paying attention. I can't, my entire face went numb. It was so painful. It was so painful. So I learned my lesson then. Be watchful. Be watchful. I, I, I think I saw that coming, but have you seen those goofy videos on, on YouTube about the, the, the goalie oh, who stopped, uh, stopped everything with his Scott face? Stalling. Scott Sterling. Scott you're the Sterling. Original Scott, you're the original Scott Sterling. That's right. Man. I was, yeah. oh yeah. I wish that's I had, that's, exactly a, right. that's a perfect illustration. Yeah. Did you use that yeah. in your sermon? That's a great story. I did, yes. Yeah, Occasionally, God provides me yeah. in life circumstance. <laughs> the a, soccer ball to yeah. the face. Yeah. Prayer life, yeah. Yeah. No, that's but, good. It, and that, that's, I think that that's could be the best way. thing I've heard all, all weekend. Yeah, right there. Yeah. This podcast, you can just, <laughs> just pause this. We're done. Yeah, we're, we're good. No, I, I think that is a helpful way of, of thinking about prayer. One of the things that we give uh, to our, our groups that go through the Rooted program, which I know to me talking about Rooted, it's shocking, um, is a list of prayer prompts. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all just questions kind of built to examine yourself and examine mm-hmm. where you're. So like, is there something that is making me anxious? Is there someone that I'm not forgiving? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there someone that I'm not serving that I should be? Mm-hmm. All these things to kind of start a conversation with God. And I think that's kind of what Paul is talking about. So that's helpful. Yeah. Um, we should all pray with a soccer ball sitting on a table <laughs> in right. front of us. Just be careful. Be <laughs> careful. Be careful. Be yeah. Head on a swivel. Um, we've talked about this before on this podcast and, and in different uh, times we've gone through Paul's teachings, but I do think it matters to focus on the things that Paul does pray for and the things yeah. that he doesn't. So maybe remind us some of the context of what's going on in his life and, and then what we can learn and kind of how our prayer lives should be informed and, and maybe educated by, by what we see uh, Paul right here. Well, one of the things I noticed is that uh, before I maybe get to the heart of the question, is that is that you you obviously can see that Paul practices is what he preaches. I mean, he mm. starts the letter by saying, I've, "We've been praying for you in Colossae ever since we heard about you. Yeah. I've been praying unceasingly for you, yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. Uh, wrestling in prayer." I mean, so he he practiced what what he preached. Um, but we when we notice, in fact, you could go through the ent- all of Paul's writings. And you could see that he is he is very gospel and mission focused. That is, Paul rarely <coughs> prays for a, a change of his circumstances. Yeah. Like even in this letter, he's writing from prison, likely chained to a Roman guard. He does say right at the end of the letter, just remember my chains. 
But what he asked them to pray for is an open door for the gospel, an open door for ministry. And that's kind of astonishing Mm -hmm. because he's in prison. He's not out planting churches. He's not traveling the world. He's in prison, chained Mm -hmm. to a Roman guard, but he prays, provide an open door. And we know later in Philippians that door happened and and the whole palace guard was aware and and other prisoners were aware and the church was strengthened by him being where he was in chains. So, uh, and I notice in my own prayers, if I don't pay attention, if I'm not alert, I tend to focus on things I want to see changed sort of to make my life better or easier. And and when you read Paul, he doesn't do that. He he prays for boldness and courage in his circumstances yeah. instead of for new circumstances. And th- th- there's something to be learned there. Yeah, that's good. Uh, let's keep it moving because we're okay. flying through this. Uh, I want to talk about just that kind of next section that, that we focused on, uh, this idea of witness, this idea of speech. And he used another phrase uh, that I think is maybe worth exploring here, uh, which is in talking about our speech that it would be seasoned with salt, uh, which is kind of a fun phrase and kind of a fun idea. But but what does he mean by that? And, and what does that look like for us today, for our speech to be well seasoned uh, as we go about our days? Yeah, well, I think this is one of the most important things Paul could say to us in our context, because we're not, our culture is not great at letting think about what we say. And again and again, that's a theme in the New Testament. I mean, in another letter in the New Testament, James talks about being thoughtful about how we speak, says that our uh, our tongue is like the rudder on a ship. Mm. Uh, and so there's there's all of these little pictures like that. But I think what Paul wants to get across by saying this phrase in particular, uh, when he says it's seasoned with salt, is for for our speech to be flavorful, to be um, meaningful and, and, and helpful to people. Um, I think that, it's easy for us as Christians to to let our frustrations and our uh, disagreements and and various things kind of lead the way that we speak. But we should we should lead from the way in which God has spoken to us, which is graciously. Uh, Peter, a guy who's known for running his mouth in the Bible, is it says in his letter that we should always be ready to give an answer with gentleness and respect. So I think when I think about what is characterized by speech seasoned with salt, I think gentleness, respect, uh, I think tenderness, um, graciousness, all, all those things are wrapped up in what it means to speak like Christ. Mm, yeah, that's good. Brian? Yeah, I agree. Well said, Andrew. And it's, it, it's funny to me that in our current, um, uh, we have a phrase we use now in our culture, we say if somebody, if somebody's is salty or some, or the conversation was salty. <laughs> mm-hmm. We mean the opposite of what Paul means. Mm-hmm. Yes, We're saying good. it's, it's profane or it's, it's, it's sprinkled with uh, curse words or whatever. But Paul's saying it's the opposite. Our, our speech should be tasty. That is attractive, winsome, yeah. Yeah. not argumentative, not defensive, not angry. Um, so, and, and it is appropriate for where we are in our cultural moment, because if we look at social media, the conversations on social media often are, are, the opposite of oh, what Paul's yeah. telling us to do. And we of all people need to be able to, be, to speak thoughtfully and graciously. Even if we're speaking about truth, we can do so in a gracious way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The, the thing that came to mind, um, at least in my own circles, is just this idea of being an encouragement to people. Um, I think it's so rare to have someone who is just encouraging. Uh, and when you find that person, you're kind of just, you want to be around them more. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of what came to mind for me of like, who, who do I need to be more encouraging towards in my own family, in, in our own church, it, my, you know, different neighbors of, uh, rather than 
seeing people as competition or seeing people as just, uh, kind of, uh, this is just who I interact with, but how can I build people up better, uh, using my speech? Uh, what about this, this other phrase that he uses of, of walking in wisdom toward outsiders? Uh, Mm. Brian, I know you you mentioned this in, in your own, uh, message of, of kind of what that might look like, but, but put that in a context for us as well. And, and maybe, uh, for those that are hesitant to do so, uh, how would you counsel someone in that situation? Yeah, there's a lot there. I, uh, the word I focused on and noticed was the word toward. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he says walk in wisdom, and that involves gracious speech and, and season with salt and all that. But to walk <laughs> toward outsiders is interesting to me because I think sometimes we, um, I, I speak for myself, I'll have a tendency to avoid uh, outsiders or those who don't believe like me or think like me. Um, because I can be fearful or afraid of either sounding foolish or afraid of being thought to be foolish or maybe maybe sometimes we're sort of afraid we'll be like contaminated by hanging out with or being with people who don't believe or don't follow Jesus. But Paul's saying that when we're in Christ, when our identity is secure, we, we need not fear or be anxious. We move toward people because he loves them and 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 they matter to him. And yeah. so uh, we move toward people when we're curious about them, when we care, um, and when we're willing to be used as, a, as maybe, maybe an encouragement toward faith. Uh, and, and even the smallest of encouragements in that way can be meaningful. So I just think I, I noticed that word toward, uh, move toward the people in your world, whether or not there are people of faith, yeah. without fear, yeah. because we are secure in who he has made us to be. One of the things that, that you said that was really helpful for me um, was just kind of this idea of going back to where Paul was of yeah. in mm-hmm. prison and it, how easy would it have been for him to kind of just keep to himself to to write his letters and that be it. And he didn't. And he saw himself as, you know, placed there by God yeah. to yeah. preach to the prison guard. And, and yeah. like you said, uh, you connected it to his letter to the Philippians where it, yeah. it clearly worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I think it was just so helpful to see if Paul can do that in prison. Right. Uh, what excuse do I have Right. to see those in my life, uh, in my neighborhood, in my circles, as I have been placed to to do the same with them and to be that light for them. To and be Paul, a chapel on your street. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Great name that's for a good, That's a good phrase. And, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think Paul was also, he was, he was imitating Jesus in a yeah. way because Jesus always moved toward people. That's good. He mm. moved toward people, even those who were far from him or far from God or were quote unquote sinners. He moved toward them. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't they who contaminated him with uncleanness. It was he who infected them with his goodness and righteousness and love yeah. and grace. And so that's the model, I think. And, and, and I, I need to be reminded of that because sometimes you can think, well, I, I won't bother. Or, I, I, or I, that person could not possibly be interested. But Paul just said, move toward them in wisdom yeah. and grace. It was with seasoned speech and let God do the work. Yeah. Hmm. No, that's good. Um, Okay, we need to talk about the the list of names. Please, it's so good. Uh, I referred to it as a laundry list of names in our outline that I sent to you guys. Uh, And I think you both probably addressed this. I know, Brian, you did, of just kind of... It's kind of strange that this is here, that that this is in the Bible, that just kind of these names often, uh, many of them we don't really know anything about. Some of them we know quite a bit about, Mark Mm -hmm. and, and Luke. 
but help us understand what, what's Paul doing here mm-hmm. uh, and why does it matter for us? Why, why is this something that we shouldn't just skip over and kind of see as, all right, this is just kind of the epilogue and, and we're done. But, yeah. but what can we gain from what he's doing here? Yeah, well, I think this list is just, it's so diverse. Uh, the, the, it's, it's clearly the point is Paul knows the church is not being built off him. Mm-hmm. It's being built off the, the work of many people, that God is using many people to build his church. And so when we read this list, we should be encouraged that all of us, no matter what our role, uh, are important in the building of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could be, you could be like Nympha who is hosting a home in a house. She's hosting a group there. Uh, you could be someone like Epaphras who's praying for people. He's pastoring people. He's leading. You could be, uh, like Onesimus, who's my, is, is, is my favorite in this list. Ooh, because he's a favorite. It, because, well, if you just think about it, I'll try and do this as quick as possible. You learn more <laughs> about his story in another letter in the New Testament called Philemon. Onesimus was a servant of this guy Philemon, who was probably the host of the church in Colossae. He was hosting in his home. Onesimus, steals some amount of money from Philemon and then runs away. So he runs, he leaves the church in Colossae, runs away, meets Paul in Rome, becomes a Christian, and Paul is now sending him back. And so this this mentioning here is probably with him going back with Tychicus to, to Colossae. And so like if, if Onesimus can appear in this list, a guy who literally stole from the church, well, for, at least from Philemon, then how much, like, what is in your story that would prevent God from using you? I mean, this Come guy on. was like the absolute archetype of a guy that shouldn't appear in the Bible as like an example of a faithful servant. And that's exactly what Paul calls him. He says, this guy's story has been changed by God. He's coming back and he's now an important part of what God's doing in the church. He's a faithful servant. Welcome him. Um, it's just so encouragement to a guy like me who might think, Man, there's there's parts of my story that have disqualified me from playing a role in the church and from getting to play a part in God's building his kingdom. And this list reminds me, no, we all we all have a role to play. We all matter. Um, God can use all of us. Mm. He can rewrite our stories. Yeah, that's good. Do you have a favorite, Brian? That was, it's gonna be hard to oh, top this. That'd be hard to hard to pick a favorite, but I, <laughs> I like I said in the message, I, I was tempted to skip over this because at first reading, it's it just a bunch of names and I was going <laughs> to stick to the, you know, the prayer and the witness part. But then the more I read it, the more I looked at these names, the more I read about them, I, the more I felt like I knew them a little bit. And even more than that, I felt like they were brothers and sisters of mine, that yeah, we, we are good. in the same family. And what's Paul really saying here without saying it directly? And it's what Andrew said that, that um, Paul understood that what Jesus is doing in the world is done through faithful people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this list, there are some that are, that are just faithful and trustworthy or some become giants of the faith, famous right. Luke and Mark. Right. Uh, some failed in some way or struggled in some way. Um, and that's really our, our story mm-hmm. and the story of the church is still being written. Our stories are still being written. So what will be said about us in that story? And hopefully it's that we were faithful yeah. uh, where we are just as they were faithful where they are, mm. they where they were. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah, it, it's interesting because, at least for me, I don't know if you guys feel this way, uh, oftentimes when I think of Paul, I think of him on his own. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or maybe that's with, true. you know, Barnabas or, right. or Timothy. Or, but it's a small circle. Yeah, he's of, like Superman. He's, yeah, he kind of <laughs> just, he, <laughs> he goes everywhere, he does everything, and yeah. he's, he's a rock star, which obviously he had a lot of great qualities. <laughs> but just to, to consider his family, uh, his his mm. church and his support and those that were doing the ministry while he was in prison and, and those who 
continue the churches that he did plant. I think yeah. it's just a, a really helpful, uh, and it maybe is informative, um, because I think a lot of times people see pastors in the same light mm-hmm. of they'll I do all totally the ministry. Yeah. They do the work we show up and that's yeah. kind of it. And it's like, no, it's never, it's never been that way. It's never meant yeah. to be that way. And we're so much better when, when we all see our role and we see it as important because it is. Absolutely. I actually, I said that in my seminar. I said like the, the church is not built on the gifts of pastors. It's built on the gifts of the body. Praise God. Like it, yeah, <laughs> that would be terrible. It would be terrible. <laughs> I mean, like Epaphras is mentioned in here and he was the pastor of that church. He's praying for the seven. But there's, I mean, he's one out of a whole list of people. And like, again, that's, I think that's Paul's point. It's a, it's a great demonstration of humility from Paul who like he it's almost like he can't help himself but say look like let me tell you all the other people that have contributed to all the things that are going on in the churches in the area like this there's, there's Tychicus there's Archippus there's you know it's he it's like he is um he just really cannot stand the idea of him getting to be the center point of all of the the discussion he wants everybody to be named yeah, yeah that's good okay uh any other final thoughts on Colossians do we nail it everything amazing book amazing we now book. know everything we need to know oh no that's why we're coming back to it in four years right four years save the date we'll be back all right um as i said this is the season finale of the podcast but we do have a summer sermon series that we're starting this upcoming weekend should we give the people a little preview of what's coming a little tease sure we are going to be uh in the book of proverbs all summer long all right and uh i don't I think if we're calling it, uh, what's the, what's the, what's the name of the series? It's pursuing wisdom, pursuing God's wisdom. Sure. But I would call it, uh, God's wisdom for dummies. So that, that, (laughs) that's, that's where we're going to start. And week by week we'll be digging into Proverbs. It should be a fun series, but also informative. It gives us a chance to talk about a lot of, um, topical uh, issues that come up in our regular, regular everyday lives and how to live with God's wisdom in our everyday lives. So that's what it'll be. God's wisdom for dummies like us. Can we call it wisdom from wise guys? <laughs> I did a whole series of team when, um, from Proverbs called wise guys Ooh. one time. Yeah. <laughs> there you yeah. Go. All right. <clears throat> okay. Uh, <clears throat> it is time for the last time for several months for the best time. Yeah. Joe wants to know. Oh, what you know, Joe? I don't know nothing. What you know, Joe? Tell me this week on Joe Wants to Know, uh, we are celebrating summer. And so I gave you guys homework. I hope you did it. If not, I... it's going to show. My dog is. Know. <coughs> I don't have a dog. Your coyote ate but, your homework? Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Why didn't I choose that joke instead? Uh, we'll edit it and make, make it better. Uh, so this week on Joe Wants to Know, what we are doing is the best things about summer draft. So we are all drafting our favorite and the best things about summer. We're going to give you three picks each. Sweet. And we're going to have people tell us who won. I don't know what we're going to do. Probably nothing with it. Uh, but if you think someone won after this draft, please email Andrew. And he, I would love that. Yeah. He will as respond. As long as it's me. <laughs> yeah. Only, only email Andrew if you think Andrew you won. You email me and tell me Pastor Brian won again. No. <laughs> Okay, so the best things about summer draft. Uh, Brian, would you like to lead us off? Would you like to go first? Or Ooh, are you number, defer? number one draft I'll pick. I'll defer. I'll defer to you, Andrew. All right, Andrew, kick <clears> us <throat> off. I, What's your number one pick, best thing about summer? Number one pick for summer is swimming. I love swimming Ooh. in the summertime. 
My mother-in-law has a pool. It's great. We take the kids to swimming lessons in the summer. <coughs> we go up to Glen Arbor and swim in the lake. I'm all about swimming in the summertime. That's a great pick. That's right. I, I have no uh, counter to that. We'll allow it. Brian, what do you got? Yeah. Well, I would uh, naturally I would start with, <coughs> usually I would start with baseball, but because well, for, for 25 years, we always said one of our boys or more playing baseball. We at one time had 250 games to go to every summer and our boys were playing in travel Whoa. baseball, but they're not playing anymore. And so baseball has kind of fallen down my list. Ooh. So I'll start with uh, grilling oh, burgers. Oh, on our, that was mine. Grilling oh, burgers on next. our back deck. That was my number one pick and okay. I'm mad at you. Okay. Got it. What do you like to grill? Yeah, what's the, what's the go-to? Our go-to is burgers. I, okay. I hand make burgers, uh, soak them in Worcestershire mm. sauce, and ooh, magic. What kind of sauce? Worcestershire. <laughs> Worcestershire. <laughs> yeah. Worcestershire. I can't say that word. Good no, catch. Nobody Very can. Good catch. In England, you have to you have to pass a test at some point in your life to be able to pronounce that word. How do you Worcestershire. Say it? Worcestershire. 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 But we'll also grill chicken strips and stuff, but grill, grilling yeah. burgers, that's our yeah. go-to. Oh, that's a good one. That, that was my number one pick, and I'm mad. Um, okay, I'm going to go <laughs> with the days are long. Uh, I get super sad in the winter because it gets dark at like 4.30. Ah, uh, true. It was light out till like 8.30. It's great. The days are long. I'm happier. Long days, number one pick. You also know that on, Ju- on June 21st, they start getting shorter. Uh, <sighs> I well, do my know wife that. is already starting to grieve. I'm already sad about it. Lorraine's oh, already, yeah, Lorraine's like already starting to grieve the, the yeah. <laughs> But the you can go through stuff. all summer and yeah. it's still so we feel like that, but it's true. Yeah. We we put our son to bed at like seven o'clock and yep. we still have yep. tons of light afterwards and it's okay. beautiful. Okay. Yep. Okay, Andrew, it's back well, to you. Too. Okay. Well then no one no one took it, so I'm gonna take baseball. I'm go. gonna take, take I love going to Cougars games and somehow we just went to superhero night at the Cougars Stadium. Did you dress up? I strongly considered it, but it was so hot. I was like, this will end badly. I'll just be in a <laughs> Spider-Man T-shirt with sweat stains down the side. It'll be yeah. gross. Oh, you just ruined a good vision of baseball in the summer. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, baseball would have been higher if the Cubs weren't so miserable this year. So I they they fell down my list. So that's But that's a good pick. I'll that's a good pick. pick. Strong pick. All right, Brian, your okay, Number two pick. pick for me would be... Um, Homemade ice cream. Oh, magic! With uh, my wife's I'm, killer chocolate sauce on top. That's our. That's a staple of our summer. So yeah. you're going heavy on food he- on your uh, list. Sorry, uh, that's, not that's, shocking. I respect so far, it. So far, okay. heavy on food. So. Uh, my second pick, the Fourth of July. Oh, oh yeah, you got a good one. There. I don't know how you feel about the Fourth of July, Andrew, but <laughs> here in America. <laughs> He, he repented. <laughs> Listen, re- I'm I'm re- very close to being equal times in England and America now. Ooh. Very close. A few more years, and it will be equal. So I, there you go. I, I just feel like, like there's July. nothing more American than setting off fireworks and grilling out. I can include grilling out in that, uh-huh. and it's just a, a day to celebrate America. Strong pick. Strong yeah. pick, I have to say, yeah. All right, this is our last set of picks. Oh, Andrew, wrong. what is your third and final selection for the best things about summer? For my third pick, I'm going for yard games, like oh. bocce ball or bags. We just, uh, I don't know if you listened last week, we did best yard games. Oh, oh. Clearly he didn't listen. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm halfway through the episode. Busted. That's the one with Tom, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm what, halfway through the episode. What's your favorite yard game? Probably bocce ball. Oh. I like bocce ball. Yeah, that didn't even come up in our discussion, so. Okay. Yard games. Good one. I would say my third pick, um, I, I, I have a toss-up, but I'll, I'll go with family vacation. <laughs> that was on my list, too. Yeah, and, and for us, it's because uh, our, our four sons 
are spread out a little bit now uh, with families and grandkids and stuff. And so we're not together all the time. So we've started the tradition of renting a, a place somewhere in the summer where they all come together for three or four days. And that's really, really fun. So yeah, that's a great kind one. of vacation. Great one. No notes. Um, my last pick is, and when, let me just preface this. When I told Brett, our producer, this before we started recording, he just visibly disagreed with it. So Ooh. going into it, this is a Ooh. contentious pick. Uh, Chicago. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Listen, I'm with Brett. Clarify, please. Yeah. Chicago in the summer is beautiful. It's a great place. The wind actually feels good. Every other time I, I question why people live here, right, it's just right. cold and snows a lot and it's miserable. But you go to Chicago in the summer and it's just a wonderful place to be. It's warm. You're talking but about not downtown Chicago in the summer. <laughs> a wonderful place to be. Yeah. Human beings everywhere. <laughs> Angry, stressed do, out, do sweaty. Do you not like human beings? Is that what you're telling me? I like them less as I get older. I used to be a big fan of large crowds. Now I'm like, you know what? I'm happy in this a is, small group. This is I'm old happy. man Andrew coming out. It is. Yeah. It is. It's, it's surprising, yeah. The, yeah. The, Chicago, downtown Chicago in the summer just sounds like a giant, chaotic... Ooh, and like actually, we, actually we, Joe, this is a personal <clears throat> note. My wife and I are going to Chicago tomorrow night. See to watch uh, to see a show, West Side Story. Wow, there you go. Dinner. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be. You'll have beautiful weather. It's going to rain. Sun will be out. Going to be cold. But but anyway, <laughs> I I do I would agree with you. In select experiences, summer in Chicago can be really fun. But thank I'm, you. I'm, I got a little bit of Andrew in me too. Like not like Taste of Chicago, where you got sweaty people and stuff all around you. But yeah. But like. Yeah, we we, we went to the outside cafe. We usually go at the Shed Aquarium every summer, uh-huh. you know, because there's there's like free days and different things. And I I do it only for the children. Like <laughs> it, there is no part of it. I like. I mean, you're looking at amazing fish in the Shed Aquarium. There is some amazing things, and I'm like, don't care. Too many people around here. Too many people. I'm just hoping that one of my child children doesn't vanish into the crowd and get crowd surfed to the back of the Shed Aquarium. <laughs> We t- took a sudden dark turn there. <laughs> t- took a sudden dark turn. No, I just want to hear Andrew do a 10-minute rant on the Shed Aquarium. Yeah. That's, that's all no, I want. No, but no. we unfortunately will have to save that for the next season of this podcast. Okay, that was the best things about Summer Draft. As we said, email Andrew only if you think he won. Yeah. So he will not be getting any emails. And if you share my dislike for large crowds in the downtown area. Andrew won the podcast when he started with the soccer ball in the face. <laughs> yeah. That, I, what I had not heard before. We that, said it was all downhill from there and we were right. We were so. kind of right. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you to Brett, our wonderful producer for this season. Thanks to all of you who listened. Thanks, Brett. And we are appreciative of you all. Uh, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and share this with a friend if it has helped you in your faith journey. We will talk to you in the fall. 